or or bigger issue is they go out with uh, guys and the guys are just buttholes and trying to like you, you do it was not where I was going um, but they're like do this do that send it you know like trying to get them to do things that they're just completely uncomfortable instead of just going on the trail and just riding a bike slow and having fun having a conversation Welcome to another exciting episode of Ride the Rebellion Podcast. I am Drew Holland. With me today is the mostly world famous, but totally the world champion of the South Alabama downhill. That is now I've just got off the rails. I'm just making up stuff. Harry Harry's pot Harry's Potter. I'm not a potter. Is that a horticultural thing? Like, do a, I plant plants? He's a horticultural. <laughs> Dale Boyd uh, is with me today. What's up? Always. How are What's you? Up? Michael buffering it. My- <laughs> you You're Michael- recovery. You're in recovery right now. Didn't you have a birthday party? No, oh, yeah. There's it wasn't my birthday, but I partied like it was. Did you send it? <laughs> full full send. Full send. Tossing children into the pool like without regard. No one died except for the twelve pack. <laughs> <laughs> Which is code name for twelve kids. It's like a family of twelve. No, no, maybe. They're all dead, so I don't know. Oh, no. That's a different podcast. That's a crime one. We'll turn it into that one. That is That'll Road the Rebellion. <laughs> wow, that's just... <laughs> I mean, we didn't even get 30 seconds in and we went off the rails. Uh, we have a guest in here. We'll introduce her in a second here. Uh, but first, we'd like to talk about our sponsors. Our first sponsor today, of course, is Dirt Coaster Academy. If you need to learn to ride, period, you should look at Dirt Coaster Academy. Is that fair? That's 100% fair. Right. I start at the beginning and end at the end. And if you pay, da- pay, pay Dale a certain amount of money, he will uh, just basically give you the hack on it. I'm just seeing if Toby listens. Yeah. So if Toby's no, actually- no, I've seen Toby's biceps, man. I don't want to be in a headlock with that guy. I know. He'd kind of punch your face off. So would Nina. Yeah, Nina would too. Yeah. I'm, I'm not getting the ring with either one of them. They could be a mixed tag team wrestling. Like they could literally be in, they could start a wrestling federation and be a mixed tag team and just crush it. Yeah. Well, lucky for them. They're in shape, and I'm not. I'm a heavyweight. They're not going to be in my weight class. So, <laughs> Fair enough and accurate. Uh, in all honesty, if you haven't had a chance, go over to DirtCoasterAcademy.com. Check it out. Um, a bunch of our guys and gals and friends have been through the uh, been through the class. They loved it. They thought it was fantastic. You've never been through? You have? Oh, twice. Now you got to jump in. So without that, because we don't like to do formal introductions, I'm just going to let Carrie jump in. Uh, Carrie, uh, now that we know that, tell me about it then. Go ahead. So I took it several months ago in Mississippi with at uh, like the Bethel spot at no up in near Jackson at Ridgeland, and it was so enlightening because they I took the whole day. We started out with like fundamentals, and I coach right. I coach kids, and they were still finding things I could work on, and that was incredible. That I'm by no way perfect. And then as the day progressed, I got to do things and learn things that I don't know at all. And it was just an amazing day. And they're both, you know, incredible people, incredible writers. I um, know Nina from writing with other friends. So before she became a coach. That's awesome. So, yeah. 
So I there you go. I mean, I think it's cool too because I they found things that I was good at, was not good at, and I too thought I was perfect. Dale just wanted the stuff that he was good at. He was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Academy, yeah, just, just confirmation, please. Yeah, I just, just need to know my tell level. Tell me how of, good I am. Yeah. Every time I come around a corner, Toby's like, oh, wrong, start yeah. over. Right. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm good with. I love it. Now that I'm riding, now I ride and think about it consciously. So the funny thing to me is that we've had two guests on since they've become a sponsor. Both both guests have attended and enjoyed and come back with praise on that side of it. So again, for the audience, it doesn't matter where you are. Well, it doesn't matter where you are because he's not virtual yet. Maybe he'll go virtual. Shameless plug, Toby, to go virtual. And I know a video production company can do it, which is our other spot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's just shameless. Uh, but if you have a chance, check out the Dirt Coaster Academy uh, at dirtcoasteracademy.com. They're all the social medias with all the same thing. And it's totally worth checking out. That's one. Secondly, if you haven't gotten lucky, you have some? and I will say that they have a class coming up on the twelfth, which I will be there. Oh, they do. Yep. Where's that one? It's in Vodacheta. Oh, there we go. So you can go so, to Vodacheta, yep. which is Toby's kind of home base. Yep. That's a good course to do it because there's immediately when you're done, you can go literally apply it to jumps and Can't practice. Wait. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yep. That's good to know. So they've got one coming up on the twelfth, um, which is a Saturday. It's next Saturday. Oh, interesting. Okay. Tomorrow. I just connected the dots. Tomorrow. If you're listening to this in the future or the past, <laughs> it's tomorrow. <laughs> Either way, it works. Uh, and the other thing I was going to mention is if you haven't gotten lucky lately, then maybe it's time you should try some Lucky Shot coffee. Shoot your shot. <laughs> With Lucky Shot. Hey. We've tried everything we can to work in these terrible... One time we're going to get lucky with our... Hey. It's going to be good. It's going to be perfect. Um, if you haven't tried it, uh, we love it. We have a coffee bar here in uh, our headquarters, Ride Rebellion headquarters, and uh, we have some Lucky Shot coffee on hand just for clients. I don't let my staff drink it because they're not worth it. <laughs> they don't listen to this podcast. So it'll be, and if they did, I'd be really shocked. But it's so good, I hoard it like a monster. And so anyway, Lucky Shot coffee is worth hey, it. I, I just saw yesterday she got some new Ethiopian beans in. Oh, there we go. See, the thing is, is that I've had fresh roasted coffee. And the crazy part is from her, you're getting it like it's really like the definition of hand roasted. So it tastes better. Ethiopian beans, apparently. Let me read from her quote. Here it is. I don't want to mess it up. They have notes of blueberries, peaches, and honey. Who doesn't want to That is not in a bean. Oh, it's in a bean. It's all in a bean. It's in a bean. It is not in a bean. Oh, it's in a bean. It can't be in a bean. Oh, yeah. I have a Guatemalan that has has a slight apricot flavor. I think that's how it's roasted, you guys. It's roasted in those things. There's a coffee that exists, and it is not a Lucky Shot coffee, where goats eat the coffee beans, they poop them out, they pluck the beans from the poop, and then they roast them and make coffee out of it. And allegedly, it's delicious. I've only had it once. Okay. And I'm still good. I know. I'm most normal. You're not a coffee person? I do love coffee, but I'm not, like, cool like that. You could be if you drank Lucky Shot coffee. (laughs) Ah! Da-da-da! That was a perfect setup. Thank you so much to our guest for doing that perfect sponsor. All right. Anytime. So let's jump into a conversation. Um, So can you... I'm going to do the awkward documentary style format for this one. We're going to mix it up because that was always going to be different. So can you introduce us to you with the high my name is and then finish the rest of the song by Eminem. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself to us and then tie it in with how long you've been writing? Hi, I'm Carrie uh, from here from Mobile. And 
I have been writing for like 10 years. Perfect. I just wanted to get the awkward out of the way. Now that that's done, now we can have a conversation. But you don't want to add so much more. I know. There's a lot to it. Right. So I want to go into that. So you're from here in Mobile. You've been writing for 10 years, but you didn't grow up here, right? You're not. I did not. No. Where are you from I grew up in Nebraska, rural Nebraska. So is there mountain biking in rural Nebraska? There absolutely is. Is it hilly or is it flat riding? It's um, hilly. It is. Mm-hmm. Do yeah, they there's ride? Lots of, there's a lot of elevation. Um, you'd be surprised. Can we fact check this? Because Bug says there's no bikes in, in, Kansas. in Kansas. Oh, I'm sorry. Kansas. <laughs> but actually, there's a beautiful trail in Kansas. Yeah, it's gorgeous um, that, up there. Uh, it's real. It's famous. Did you, did you so, ride in Nebraska? I did not. I, it wasn't really a thing when I was when I lived out there. See, that's what's always interesting to me is like there's other spots I lived mm-hmm. in and no one talked about it. I lived in Missouri for a while and mountain biking has been around for a mm-hmm. while, but nobody talked to me about mountain biking right. and it's an outdoor community space, mm-hmm. right? And it was a college town, you'd think. Right. Nobody talked about it. Right. I'd never saw a mountain bike in Ohio until I moved here. Right. And apparently mountain biking is huge in Ohio. As right. I sent you the video. Well, you've got the Cleveland place up there too. Yeah, Ray's. Ray's. Right. Ray's is yeah. ridiculous. So you, you went there, and so you moved down here, then what triggered you to get into mountain biking down here? Like, how do you land in that scenario? So I was out trail, ra- trail running, and I was doing a race, and I still can't remember if it was in Auburn or Pensacola. It was one of those. And they talked me into riding. So you run on Saturday, you race, trail race on Saturday, and then on Sunday, they mountain bike race. And they talked me into doing it. And I had like kind of like a street urban bike at the time. and No shocks at all. No no, suspension. Nothing. And I did it and absolutely fell in love with it. Like it was that instant. The next, like on Monday, probably Tuesday because most bike shops are closed on Monday. But I went and got me an entry level bike. What was it? Do you remember? I do. It was a giant Talon. Ooh, Giant Town. That's a, yeah. a fan favorite around. I, like what I've learned over the years is that like, seems to be a lot of people's gateway bike. Right. Um, I, I had a rock hopper, so I was in the same sort of range. But the Talon seems to be the one that most people mm-hmm. I And I got it I got it in Pensacola because those were kind of, you know, it was like over there. And those were the people I'd talked to on that Sunday or whatever. And, and I didn't really know, you know, Brad. I didn't know really anything when I got started. But they didn't, so. they didn't, Brad wasn't necessarily selling maybe 10 years ago. I don't know. No, oh, he was no. a bike yeah. shop for a long time. No, he was a bike shop, but I don't know if he, he was a specialized guy for a little no, while. No, Brad's never been, I don't believe Brad's ever no? been I thought I bought my, I thought I bought I'm my rock hopper sure. from him. I don't think so. But I, I don't know who rock. I bought it from then. Well, whoever's fact checking, checking. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> well, Jamie. Yeah, whoever it is. Either way. Okay. Right. So, so yep. whatever you, you got your giant and then you started riding mm-hmm. around here. Yep. And always by myself. And then I met Paul, Paul Briette, Yep. And um, started riding with him. And pretty soon, like, all this whole other group of friends. And that's kind of how I got started. And um, many of those people that I met then are still my friends. So that's, so early on, what was the riding group like then as far as, like, numbers go? Like, in the area, what would you say? I'm just saying you're kind yeah, of like in the birth right. of the community. So, so there was just a group of us, maybe 10 or 12 of us. and Total, you would say? Um, in this area, yeah. Wow. And that was who we hung out. Now, there was the other little groups that had been riding for many years, you know, like out at Chickasabo or, yeah, Chickasabo. Um, and there was a group over in Bethel. and But it was just really small little groups. And 
at this time, um, we were just getting into this the samba thing. It was just was happening about this time. Gotcha. I wasn't at the very beginning of it, um, but shortly after. So, and then um, the Pensacola group, and but you know, I'm I'm gonna say there wasn't many, probably not more than fifty. Like, oh, wow. probably right. Um, There's still probably only fifty, but <laughs> it's probably the same fifty. <laughs> Like somebody, somebody retires out, dies off, whatever happens, and then somebody else like, I took somebody's place, so I couldn't have joined. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's only a certain number it's of like people. It's like Highlanders. Yeah. Do you guys know Highlanders? Like the TV show? You gotta, you gotta, yeah, it's this whole crazy system. You gotta trade one for one. Right, so it's like being gay, right? It's like it's li- when I, when it's I came, yeah, when I came out, it was like nobody was gay. Now everybody's gay. So in your time, so 10 years looking at this progress, I'm not dismissing the gay conversation. <laughs> I just keeping it on bikes for the moment. We're going to get back to it. Drew and I were in a closet for like four of our podcasts. So. That's right. I heard that. And I'm glad y'all there. came out. <laughs> so easy for you to say. Um, <laughs> so as we go, as we look through this 10-year cycle, you've seen a lot of stuff change. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. shifts. And it's, it's not like, I don't, I think in any community, there's no, there, you're not going to make everybody happy. So we're going to get that out of the way. We got that. So that's not the point of the conversation. But what I do think is interesting is over that 10 years, you've seen things shift and go. Have you seen something be constant that you're like, hell yeah, I'm glad this constant is still around? Like that you've seen like, you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it, uh, for me in the past two years, what I've seen is that we've seen people get excited about riding. People that I didn't think would, I, I would meet and didn't think they'd be exciting about the same kind of riding I'm doing are suddenly excited. And so like we're feeding off each other's energy. Have you seen that sort of thing? Has it been a constant? Or? I have not seen any constant. Right. Um, so it's been crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because like when, when I started riding, we were all about cross country. Right? All we wanted to do was cross country. How many miles? How fast could we go? <laughs> right. How, where can we race? Right. Where can we go to ride all day? Um, and then, of course, you know, we know it, it took a, a dip for a little while and then now that it's sort of coming back um it's all about gravity and about big jumps and who cares if you go out for four hours and you only rode two miles that's what it's we do all, it's like it, you I'm know and, and i'm and that's me it's like that's been my shift is i love the gravity i love to go fast down something you know i'm not really into the big giant air but i want to get a little bit of air right. um so that to me and the people who's come kind of come in and 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 went out um you know there, there's been no constant with that either i think there's a few of us that's kind of stuck around um but, but even it, for me like i think those of you that have stuck around like i've gotten to know you guys but like i i really enjoy hanging out with all of you but i think that like sometimes your energy is just at like a certain level you know what i'm saying not you personally but like that whole core group is like Okay, guys, I know you're really excited. See you in five months if you're still around. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys have seen so many people come and go that it's hard to get excited about one person that shows up with all these ideas and all these plans. And I I do that now to, like, people that I see people come in. They're like, hey, they got all this energy. And everybody's like, let's invest all of our time and energy into that person. And then that person disappears in a week, and it's like they're gone. So I think that for you guys, it's like, you're like, well, let's not get too excited. You know, like, let's see what, let's watch this play out. Absolutely. Chickasabo is, is 
probably that for me right now. Like we've had excitement out there and nothing's ever happened. Right. So like I don't really want to get super excited right now about what could happen. Right. And now it's even more mysterious. Yeah. Right. So, so let me let me preface this. I want hold your thought and play. Okay. So for the audience that doesn't know, Chickasabogue is one of our. We only have three major riding sources here, and Chickasabogue is one of those. It is currently closed. So our for us, there's only two trails that are currently locally open within short distance, publicly. right? For yeah, publicly open. Sorry, the Rev is not one, right? And you're a member of the Rev too. So Chickasabogue is closed. So continue with that. So it's closed. And so, how, do you think that? Is that one of those things for you? Because it is for me personally. I'm like, well, what happens when it reopens? Is it going to be suddenly like there's been trail ferries to quote the soft member? Right. Is it going to be trail ferries have suddenly changed everything? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Or is it just going to be a few new buildings? Or is it you ever going to open again? Right. Or is it ever going to open at all? Because uh, Chickasabogue has been the same for a long, long time. time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the, you know, and the things that you hear, like they're not doing anything over in this part, but they're doing a whole lot in this part. Right. Um, what, exactly does that whole lot mean right you know and then when things do get built who's going to maintain that right um if you go outside of mobile you know cold water when it first opened lots and lots of um excitement around it but then nobody was really taking care of it they had to have a whole nother movement to get those volunteers to keep it up and so i hope something like that doesn't happen i think it's more constant we see that um I think, though, with Chickasabogue, when I first got here, it was kind of, like, bad. You know, like, it hadn't been maintained in a long right. time. And we kind of took a new group of energy, mm-hmm. and we did that. We, like, we restored yes, it did. back to a lot more enjoyable. Even when I first read Chickasabogue, I was like, why the hell do people say this place is cool? Like, this is terrible. <laughs> and this is not fun. And then, you know, we got it cleaned up, and we got the trails cut back a little bit, and yeah. it made it enjoyable and a lot You know, it was like, wow, I like riding here. Right. And you guys made it not only rideable, but like you had that movement of, oh, let's go out there and have fun. Yeah, right. Now it's kind of fun. And your energy, just who you are, people kind of want to follow you with that happy excitement energy anyway. So you really had a great movement going out there. Yeah, that's And you really did bring out the best. And the good thing is, though, the county has realized like, hey, we need them more you know, right. more free labor let's be honest like we all know where we stand on that side one thing i wanted to bring up uh i asked the constant question it wasn't teeing you up for something but i do want to point out sort of a level of thinking because it's how i see you and and again i'm the newest writer but you are a constant so whether you're fully embedded into whatever stupid hierarchical structure exists inside of all communities across the world right there's always some level of hierarchy and organization fine great that that's one thing but as the full community as a whole, you're here, you're embedded in it, you're a part of it. So you are a constant. Paul's a constant. And so it's like I rode for, I don't know, I think I rode eight months before I, or six months before I met, really formally met you. I mean, I interviewed you for that video. And then we did Paul for the, but I never met. But then once I started spending time, it was like, God, Carrie's the shit. I love her. And immediately we're like, hey, we want her at the Reb. Not because you're a girl, because we wanted Carrie, because I rode with you and you saved my ass at uh, Blakely, the awfulest ride in history. Everything broke. Bug puked all the time, which shouldn't surprise anyone. Yeah. If you guys listen to last But like Carrie bailed us out the whole time, and then she made a reference. She's like, God, it's like riding with my kids again, which is my segue to say one of the things you've done to be a constant in the community is you've donated energy time. Do you get paid? I do not. (laughs) Okay. You're in the day. You're the Dale Boy program. Why am I the only one that gets paid? 
I'm, I'm talking about for, for mountain bike. You guys don't know this, but I've made a ton off of all of you guys. I'm I mean, just free labor. That Samba video, it's gotten me four yeah. or five clients, so thank you very much. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, what cool. A, what a douche. Uh, Where's, my? Where's my kickback? <laughs> I was a producer. I, uh, I think that with that being said, you yeah. have to do a Dirt Shark video for us. I would totally do one, yeah, yeah. We do, I do one anyway. As, as I'll do it as long as here's the business pitch. We'll put it public. I will gladly do a Dirt Shark video as long as I also get a sponsorship out of it. Sure. All right. Well, we'll blow it out of the water. So let's go back to that. So Dirt Sharks, you referenced it, but that's part of NICA. I didn't know what any of that stuff was. I didn't even know you were a coach. You just said that one day in passing. I was like, what is she talking about? So I ask around your back. Too afraid to ask to your face. Not because you're intimidating, but because I wanted to set up a good question. Long tangent. Tell me about the Nike stuff. You're you're donating your time to something that has become a constant that takes a lot. So talk to me about that. Right. So um, Nike is a youth cycling program, sixth grade to twelfth grade. Um, we it is a, a program to for you know the youth, right? So we have kids from Florida, Alabama, and Mississippi. Um, the Dirt Sharks is our local um, club. And then we race for the Alabama League, oh, awesome. which is part of the National League, which is NICA, National In- Interscholastic Cycling Association. Got it. Um, about 25,000 student athletes Whoa. in 31 leagues throughout the country. Um, not every state has a league. Um, Kansas doesn't have a league because they Kansas don't ride bikes Kansas does there. have a league. <laughs> Kansas does have a league. Kansas, we love you. Right. <laughs> um, and the band. So... Um, in Alabama, we lined up um, 731 kids this year. Wow. A little bit more in middle school than high school. I think there was 380-ish middle schoolers, about 340-ish um, high schoolers. So that was that, that's huge. I mean, if you think about the logistics that go into, you know, putting a bunch of kids somewhere and racing them, it's, right. it's amazing. But... Um, and then there's 36 teams throughout the state. Well, and we have three teams from Mississippi. And the biggest team in Alabama, the Alabama League, is um, 59 kids. Uh, we had the Dirt Sharks, Oak Mountain, yeah. or somewhere. Um, Hoover. Hoover. Yeah. yeah. So, which is like right outside of Oak Mountain. Right. That's Birmingham, biggest city right. in the state. Yep. Which also would make sense why the numbers yeah. are higher. Yeah. Um, so the Dirt Sharks is our, our local. We're actually called Gulf Coast Composite. A composite team is kids that um, are collective. It's uh, homeschool kids and then, you know, pretty much anybody else that doesn't have a team from the high school or middle school. We have a Division One and Division Two, which we're Division Two because we are the composite. Got it. So we had 21 riders this year. Awesome. Um, we had three. If we had um, three varsity kids, which is like totally amazing for. Uh, a composite team to have three riders. I had two girls and and a guy, um, and we finished sixth overall out of twenty three Division two teams, which is pretty amazing. It's our best yet. That's awesome. Uh, so, um, so we started in two thousand fifteen with one rider, and he actually didn't have a team or a coach. He just went to the races, and that's kind of how I got. Um, got kind of into coaching was because we wanted to start to grow that i had heard about it through some sorba meetings that we were like the summit meetings that you went to back in like 2014 they were 
uh, going and talking about this whole NICA thing in the Alabama League, and that's how I got introduced to it. See, 2016, um, pro uh, cycle and try over in Fairhope yep. with Katie and Joseph. They started a team over there, and I think we had like ten kids that year. Wow! And then the next year, uh, Brett was our team director and it was the head coach and that's kind of how it's been since so have you seen sorry my brain goes to immediately to this stuff because i'm seeing right they're the future of riding Absolutely, i understand that yep. but what i think is interesting is something you said that i'm not a naysayer i'm just i like i like i'm a documentarian so i ask questions do you seeing more younger riders so like is there a curve that occurs that you're trying to combat like is it more that like we see more middle school riders and then they hit high school, and then, you know, it's high school. You get a car, you don't want to buy it. That's exactly I mean, I think that's maybe the bigger challenge. Football, baseball, basketball, you're on a field. You can't – bike is a mode of transportation for a lot of people. So that's like, I don't need a bike anymore. I have a car. So I'm only going to speak for the Dirt Sharks and what we've yeah, seen. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, we have not seen that the kids, once they get to high school, they, they leave or they get a car and they leave. It's just it kind of even adds to them um, getting – more riding because now they can actually you know get to the trails themselves and that right. sort of thing so um, we haven't really seen a a drop off when the kids get to high school or get their driver's license i know it does happen because it's an initiative that we have in nica to try to how are we going to keep those kids interested and especially with with the girls um we have a a whole program called grit which is girls riding together and it's our hope that we could have like about 33% girls is kind of like our goal. And we've been working at that for a couple of years. That's great. We, um, what do you think, dirt- what do you think the hiccup is though? Competition. Like no offense. To I'm just girls, asking but- like what, what I, this is just a conversation. Like there's no, like, it- so the girls, I think that they get to where there's so many other things that they have to do. Right. And, mountain biking it's a struggle to do to get to the trails and do all that stuff and i think girls just maybe kind of get a little bit lazy and things they want other things you know they want their hair done maybe you know like that's kind of what i think um the, there's just more things for them to do i think and mountain biking's just not i think that. there's a challenge but in the industry though See, abso- me there absolutely is and it always has been ever right. since i have been part of you know, the community and working with different organizations. I was, you know, part of Samba and I remember having a whole, at one of the summits, I was part of a panel and we talked about how do we get more women on bikes? And there was never any answer. You know, everybody had great ideas, but there's never that one answer. And I think you guys even hit on that your last podcast when you're talking to Bug, how do we get more kids his age right. writing? I don't Phone know parties. if there, I don't know if there's like a really solid answer to that because this is kind of it's it's just the thing that we do people you've got to find the excitement in it how do you get more people see i gotta get it out there but i think that's where that's where the back to the this i put everything in circles back to like the constant which is why it's important that you're still around because that keeps that not as a female rider it's important but as like somebody who's part of the community, that's important because I think, and we talk about this a lot, that's the point of this podcast at the end of the day is community is what's really going to do it. Absolutely. Right? So we've got to build a community where um, people feel comfortable riding with the the, the Le Duches of the world, 
but also feel comfortable enough to know that we're respectful. We're not going to be jerks. We're going to treat them, you know, like everybody equally. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe because we're grained. And I, I got to be honest, we're Southern. I'm a Southern boy. So sometimes we do pedestal a little bit. So like they might get treated a little bit better than I would treat Dale, but. I'm from Midwest, with his hair bro. like it is currently, he's got it. a man bun right now. I might treat him the same. Point being is, I think there's got to be a community shift that happens because we're not going to see it grow ever. And right. uh, Justina rode, right? She rode for her first time. She borrowed Dale's wife's bike. She went out and rode. She got it that fast. It clicked. But how many times? How many people have ridden right. where they rode the bike and they're Do like, "This think, isn't for me." Or, or a bigger issue is they go out with uh, guys and the guys are just buttholes and trying to like you mean the drop do- dudes we're a zero drop podcast carry we don't act like that it was not where i was going <laughs> um but they're like do this do that send it you know right. like trying to get them to do things that they're just completely uncomfortable instead of just going on the trail and just riding a bike slow and having fun having a conversation uh, i love to call my rides my beginner rides, um, picture taking rides right. because we're stopping to take a picture selfies all the time. Right. So we're not for speed. We're not going to be sending it off a three foot drop. We're not, we're just going out to ride our bikes and we're talking and we're not going so fast that we can't talk that sort of thing. Well, I think so, too, and not, I didn't mean offensive by the competition for girls thing, but like when it gets dirty and gritty, like that's a guy thing, you know, like generally, like, so for a high school girl to think like, I'm going to go get dirty in the woods on my bike this weekend and compete, like, where do I get the drive for that? I, that I think sense? some like, of those, the way, I mean, just typical stereotypes, the way we're wired is we're right. men are typically, boys are typically built for dirty to yeah. fight and, and compete against compete. each other. Mm-hmm. And girls aren't. But the truth is everybody can, it's an equal playing field at the Absolutely. end of the day, right? right? Like bring me any amateur level downhill rider and as good as I think I am in my head watch them smoke me watch them smoke me right and the thing is is I find it where I find it frustrating is I don't see enough I see a lot of XC driven stuff and I'm not I'm not knocking cross country but it seems like there's a lot of XC driven stuff that doesn't always show like maybe there's somebody out there that wants to have like the enduro line of things and there's amazing female enduro riders I don't see a lot of press on them right and that's a thing that I think is concerning because enduro to me is like the most oh, kick ass yeah. of it all, right? Yeah. You're you got to be able to ride both up and down, and you got to be able to pedal like a monster. So could that be, you know, the thing we have to have equal? Yeah. You know, like airtime. Yeah. The first um, EWC is going on right now, right? Right, and we are going to watch it. And I mean, it's the, hard to find to watch. It is hard to find to watch. The men will see all kinds of highlights on Instagram, right? Yep. But you'll see just the top women riders. You it's the same see. way with the downhill. So like UCI downhill, yes, they exactly. give they give the women's. I watch the women's package as much as I watch the men's right. package. Hello, um, <laughs> I mean that's what it's called in TV, guys. <laughs> to no surprise. So it's got to it's got to be equal. And and cycling, you know, if you start talking the professional level, like even to pay, you know, yeah. let's start talking about pay, equal pay. Yeah, you of know, course, equal equal sponsorship. You know, that sort of thing. So this is, it's, here's where the hard part is. It comes to a marketing thing. So to your point, and I, this is how I see it for any sort of, anytime we start talking about anyone who's a disenfranchised element that needs to be on the same plane uh, when it comes to sports level marketing is we have to like market them up first. Like we have to, like somebody's got to take the risk to put out some kick-ass EW, let's just use that for an example, 
just elevate the women up so that then the argument is you can put marketing dollars behind them because that's what it's coming down to. And and everybody will say different stuff, but just at least from my industry, like being in advertising, that's what it comes down to. The problem is we've created this sex sells. And if we go look on Instagram, we put a hot chick on Instagram and that'll sell. That'll do really well. You can put a, a hot dude. It'll do well. But if you put them side by side and look at performance numbers of the same product, the women outsell the men all the time because there's a bias towards it. Right. But what we got to do is flip it the other way and be like, these chicks can be badass and awesome and kill it and crush it and be on the same plane of dollar for dollar. So That's, I'm with you. I have a my undergrad is in sports management. So I studied sports marketing a lot. Yeah. The when the WNBA was trying to come out, like when they first became popular, um, their all their marketing was towards moms and girls and going to watch basketball together. But they messed up because a mom's not taking their daughter to watch a basketball game, right? Yeah. You have to market it towards a man to get the men to take their daughter to watch the game. That's right? it. To get them That's a good point. so like I think that a lot of times it's hidden behind like Yes, they're women on bikes. Yes, they're very talented women on bikes. But you're you're trying to capture other women on bikes, but you need to market it towards the men that are going to get the women on bikes. Does that make sense? So, like, I think they get lost in the, like, hey, this is a woman on a bike. Like, it's all pink and flowery, and we got to do it like that. When guys are just going to click past that. Where if you could put, like, a girl soaring through the air just like we do the guys, you're like, oh, shit. You know what would be the dopest thing is if we got everybody in, in – um we made sure the equal playing field so there wasn't as much curvature. I'm just trying to be nice about it. But basically we make we make riders that look gender neutral and you send it and you don't tell anybody who it is. Yes. Now all of a sudden these clips start coming out, you're like, that was some bad and then all of a sudden you popped a reveal. That's how you I mean that's a yeah, that's like, a middle finger to anybody that has an issue. But why couldn't you mix the men and women's races together? I don't get like, it either. Have the men go and women go every other every other right. run. I mean the downside is the women are actually at an advantage some, from some ways in downhill, for example, because they ride before so these dudes yeah, and the, the lighter. Trashed but it's not trashed yet. You go watch the end of it. Like like Fort William was crazy. Yeah. The other thing is, though, like the traditional sports have Title IX, right? They have Title IX in place to keep it level-ish. Yeah. But now, like college, college style, like the NIL stuff, now you get paid for your name, image, and likeness. Yeah. So everybody was always That's like... That's a huge well, blow to, yeah. to the gender situation. Well, everybody always said, how can you pay How can you pay you football so? players that much money? And But... Or that was the always the disadvantage or the argument to why you can't play college pay college athletes because do you pay football players and field hockey girls the same? Right. Like, that's, that's what I was referring to. It's though. hard oh, to okay. say... Like, side, so. It's hard to say... That a field hockey girl generates as much income as right. a football player. Right. Like right. no offense to her, but right. there's not yeah. just a, this. This totally. That's different. my problem with the pay. But though. the first athlete sponsored athlete is a golfer, a female golfer. Oh, that's badass! Did not know that. Yeah, just I just saw it on like one of the women's that's killer. Instagram yeah. pages. So I think women's golf, women's golf is huge, right? Women's right. golf is huge. It's probably and we don't biggest. have a Jamie but, yeah. to confirm that. We're all making a pretty educated mm. assumption, but right. All right, so so looping it back on this tangent, this is why I love the show. So when you see, so part of it is growth inside the Nike thing, but you, you're talking about seeing it grow, mountain biking grow. So I think it's an interesting perspective of, I'm not saying that Nike is responsible for that because I'm a late rider or I'm a returning rider is what I would actually call myself. Do you think that mountain biking, we talk about it growing from the pandemic, but do you actually feel like it's actually growing or do you feel like it's, it's, a, a temporary boost, a five-year. 
Oh, I think it's growing. I think there's so much money in it. I there's it's it's growing. Yeah. Let's look here in Alabama. We can look at, at a little race series that they have, the Hammies. Yeah. The thing's huge. They get riders like I don't know, 50, 75 riders every oh, time wow. they have a little event. The Go Nuts series. Right. I remember when that used to be, you know, he was lucky to get 100 people to come to a race, and now he sells out every race. Right. Um, the industry is not able to keep up with our demands. I mean, I need a, a new chain, and I can't get one. Right. So I, I think it's a growth. I don't think it's going to plummet like it did, I, I want to say, like, the late nineties, it yeah, that's nobody kind of, was riding, right? right. Like it yep. kind of started up and then it just like plummeted. That's I mean, that's and when then, I quit. I had a wreck and I quit in the in early two thousands, like nineties, early two thousands. I just see it. It's just gonna keep growing and growing. There's so, so with, much stuff that we do around mountain biking now. Tourism. I mean we travel, right. the things that we buy and the clothing it just keeps going and going. And then equipment is getting better. The bikes are getting better. It just, it's endless. Yeah. So so with that growth, like it's grown locally exponentially absolutely. in the last couple of years. And these people compare everything that they see on the YouTubes and the Instagrams <laughs> Please, and, and the, the TikToks. And they think that, the yeah, they think that like that's mountain biking, but we don't have that here. Right. right. So we've always said like, we need to make the community what you ride bikes for. And right. then travel. So what do you think we should do locally to like keep those people that are newer, like keep their fire lit? Because we that's have, obviously the hard part. We have to keep an energy going. Yeah. That's absolutely how we have to. That's we why have we're to make, in this room, right? Right. If, we are the stokers. Absolutely, you guys are. I will, <laughs> no, I will go ahead. You're part of it too? Uh, I will give you guys so many kudos because the podcast has really, I think – it's going to keep that that stoke and it's yeah. going to it's just it's going to do wonders for this community i always had a, a vision that if we could build amazing trails that we could have something like cold water has who wouldn't want to come down ride their bike and go to the beach i right. mean it could totally be that's a, a destination that's a really that's good I point I, that's an easy sell to the city yeah. um we're hoping um that we're going to have a Nike race at Blakely right. in 23. It'd be amazing because everybody's going to want to come down and they're right. going to see what we got down here. And then they're going to go hang out at the beach. So it's all about tourism and all about that money. We're going to bring 2000 people to Blakely. Right. If a race happens, that's huge for, for that little area, for the park, um, for the area in general. And then we a lot of parents, a lot of families stay a couple extra days, and then they ride the rest of the trails. I mean, we do that when we travel. We go to, oh, yeah. we go to, you know, we go up to Gadsden. We ride everything in that area. Um, so it's gonna, it could be huge. I think it's all. I mean, yeah. To me, it's fascinating because it it brings in. I think it would be good, especially if the hype got up, and that's a good opportunity to do that. Is like to push the yeah. hype up to get people to best way you can get people to watch and show up and cheer and do all that. I don't know if that that's normal in a Nike. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But getting that energy from even outsiders will spawn people to get interested, yes. you know, like inviting kids out to come watch yep. uh, and tell, you know, like it's the same thing. Like NASCAR is still boring to me, but when I understood the, the strategy of NASCAR, like, yeah, they're going in a, in an oval, but when someone explained all the little nuances to me about it, I suddenly was like, Oh my God, this is like, that's hardcore. Like, I never even thought about all this stuff. 
And so to, to have that, to have somebody there to kind of like be an open community to like teach just a little bit, I think is a huge way of maybe bolstering that up some more. What do you think is like, what do you think is going to be like the, if you, if you look forward five years for you, um, I mean, you can make it about life if you want. We can get <laughs> philosophical if we need to. But if you're if you're looking five years ahead, what do you see yourself doing mountain biking that you're not doing now? And it could be coaching or whatever. But what would you, what do you think you're going to be doing five years from now that's different than what you're doing now? Are you sending like thirty footers? At least five foot by then. I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I'm I'll like... make a five one year. We'll do one foot a year. <laughs> And shit, when we're by the time we're seventy, we're sending it at seventy. I mean, I don't care at that point. I I really just I don't see me doing. This is gonna sound maybe bad, but like, what more can I do? Yeah. Like I think coaching kids is the greatest thing I can do. Right. Because those kids are gonna come into this community. We teach lifelong sport. Right. And. You know, we have kids that graduated out and they still ride. You know, they still come and hang out. And that's what's going to, it's always, that's always going to be there no matter what. I didn't even think about the idea of being a lifelong sport. It's kind of interesting. It is, uh, is, yeah. There's very few of those. I mean, in reality, basketball. I took a whole entire quarter on it. <laughs> Seriously, there's a lot. What, no, what, no, 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 no. On lifelong, lifelong sports? Yeah, lifelong sports. So biking is one. What else would you Go have? Off. Sure. Golf Golf's is a, a good one. Yeah. I mean, all of the traditional sports can be. Baseball, I don't think so. so yeah, they have. There's men's baseball leagues in Mobile. I know, you but guys, that's not like you can't just go pick up a game of baseball. You could play golf by yourself. I think you a lifelong, real tennis lifelong sport. Is a lifelong sport. Yeah, because pickleball can, is. Pickleball. So can is for I drop? Geriatrics. Can I drop a name? You can name drop anybody okay. you want. So Jeff McGill once said that he spent so much money on his kids playing baseball, he could have put both of them through college and neither one of them has ever picked up a glove a ball or a bat right. since they graduated right so think of so how can that be lifelong like that's typical that's 99 percent of kids. you got to be a freak like dale and be like a human athlete like a real athlete a freak. yeah true in a good but way but dale doesn't play basketball he's still like, good i play twice a week like I just don't run up and down the court anymore. Oh, he just—he just stands. Hey. He just stands at half Did court. Did you see the video? Sends him. I sent him posted it yesterday. I guess I. I'm 39 years old, but I'm still ready for the NBA. <laughs> like anytime. Call Dale up. No, I shoot a lot. You're like, uh, what was it? What I was just it? Kurt Warner. Yeah, I'm gonna have a cereal first. Work at a grocery store. That's it. You should get a job have, at a grocery I've, store. I guess I've Casey never seen happy. you play basketball, or you don't ever talk about throwing. Well, basketball is always the ball like or whatever. Basketball has always been that like silent corner for me. You know, like everything's the worst it could ever be. Like, but I could get a basketball and like everything goes away. Like that's where oh, that's I go and be. See, that's what biking has become for me. Yeah. Like I wrote biking. yesterday, and I have to, I'll apologize to soft member and Trey. Who I didn't have a pump. I had to beg for a pump. Got my tires filled up, and then rode off. I was really pissy. I was in a terrible mood, and I just I went and rode south. I just needed to burn miles. Like I just yeah. needed to pedal on my bike yeah. in the woods, and like listen to death metal, and that's what I did. And then I came back, and I was good. Trey like stuck around to check on me because I was pretty. I was bad bad way, 
After but it was baseball. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's the, after baseball. But it was one of those things. So, like, I think it's interesting that it does create a... I mean, I think there's very few, like, deep enriching... Because golf is also, like, biking to me is the pursuit of perfection. Like, I'm trying to always yes, get better, get, and I think yep. that's rare. So, I think basketball, I was always, like... Not that I'm NBA talent-wise, but I was always really, really good at it. So, it was something I could shut my mind off, and right. I could go do it and be good at it like golf isn't that for me like i'm good at golf i was i played golf a lot that was my hobby before mountain bike but like i was i had to work at golf yeah so it was never relaxing but like basketball i just i had to go spend i spent so much time alone playing basketball that that became my that's what i'm saying i think it's a solo thing i think that a lifelong sport has a solo component Mm -hmm. because as we age like i need time away from my family from time to time like most of the time all the time uh, but I need space, so I think that's important. That's, yeah, mountain biking offers that, obviously, yeah. with the woods. And then you get community at the same time, right. which I think is also important. I've almost got to the point now where I can't ride my bike alone. Yeah, it's, like, it's, I rode so much alone when I was learning yeah. and, like, getting better that now it's like... It's not fun. I want to ride with other people. So I've had a big shift this year for some reason. I typically ride alone a lot because I always felt like... I was slow and nobody wanted to hang out with me because I was so slow and I'd rather just go by myself. And now I want to find somebody to ride with. Right. And the thing is, is that I've always known in the back of my head that it doesn't matter. Nobody cares how slow you are. Right. I mean, they really and don't. Conversely, no one cares how fast you are. Exactly. Yeah. And so heroes. it's all about... The, I'm, I'm flipping the Strava. It's, it's all about I got some the community, the family. Yeah. And the Dirt Sharks, we always say that. We are a big family. I mean, right. We, you know, the race weekends, we are all together for, you know, those pretty much 48 hours. Um, we do a lot of stuff together. We, and even in the off season, we still all do a lot of stuff together. Right. Um, we are a big family. And... You know, there's people in the biking community that I consider family. Do you, so one of the things I think is kind of fascinating and you don't have to drop this. I'll let you drop it if you want. But one of the things I think is fascinating is like you, you pose the option for girl rides. I think it's important that we talk about girl rides. I think it should be an option on the table. I think it's, it is specific. That's a group of people. If you feel more comfortable riding with this group then go ride with this group, Mm -hmm. right? In your case. Um, So is that something where, you're gonna you want to do like a regular thing or is that something where would you be open to the idea of what if somebody just like finds you on instagram and hits you up in the dms and is like non-pervy it's just like hey do you want to go ride i mean is that something like oh, you absolutely would ever that that's i would totally dig that do you want to shamelessly plug your instagram now carrie j 1970 there he is at carrie j 1970 yep. hit her up in the dm and if you send pervy stuff we'll just come crush your face i'll let them Crush our face. <laughs> crush their face. Crush We're face. still on I'll the let rails you guys. here. We're still, still on, on the rails. rails. <laughs> uh, so the reason I bring that up is is I think it's important. We talked about that stuff, but we have to like Dale and I have made ourselves. I'm not saying you have to be accountable. Yeah. You already do this stuff, but like we started putting our 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 foot in our mouths, our money where our mouth is, and started trying to make more community open events, like trying to do things that open the door to allow that. He's looking in the window. It's the signs thing through the window. <laughs> yeah, just too. Uh-uh. Don't even bring that shit up in here. Uh, so anyway, I think it's kind of cool. Like, so at that point, you guys can 
hit her up if you want to ride. There you go. I think it's important. I that would we have that. I would love to have a women's um, group ride and make yeah. it more regular because when you start having it more regular, then the girls can start planning, ladies can start planning around it. Yeah, and it's the biggest hurdle with um, women riding is that we have a lot on our plate. Right. Um, most of the women I know that ride have, you know, a child and a full-time job and the husband, you know, or that sort of thing. And finding the time and the space to take a couple hours out of your day to go do what you want to do is always, is usually not top priority for, for, you know, for the ladies, for the women. Look, there's a, there is a bias that happens in any, any relationship and and it doesn't matter the, the scenario somebody ends up doing more work than the other one, right? right? So how many yeah, times do you let your wife go off for a couple hours right. every it's, day? It's rare. Right. It's more rare. It is way more and, rare. And even if you did, would she take the opportunity? So No, because she would escape. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was right there. Was I, just, a, I mean, you threw, you threw it, I and did. I was like, I could take this and all make right. a really all terrible... All right, Black Snake Moon, let's <laughs> yeah, go. That's right. No, but I mean, uh, yeah, no. It, it's, it's, I learned during the pandemic... My my entire brain changed. It's weird when you have moments you change your life, right? And it was the pandemic changed my life, not because of anything you know tragic, luckily, but it was from the fact that it was tragic. My wife went to work, and when she did, uh, she had been a freelancer with me, but she went for a full time job. And when she did, suddenly I was at home full time as the full time parent, and I it was role reversal completely. I walked in her shoes for six months. It changed everything in my brain. So when that happened, I identified the fact that like I was not respectful of how much time she invested into the family side. But yes, it I'm still not. Right. I try, but I'm still not perfect. My point is, to your point, it is trickier for ladies' rides mm-hmm. to happen. And sometimes we dudes, just being candid, we're just like, oh, it's just another ladies' ride, whatever. But often many of us haven't put ourselves in the situation of like, how many pieces and parts have to occur for that to, you know what I mean? Right. Like to come together. Yeah, and I, and ha- I had a date set. I was going to, I finally set a date and I was like, this is the day where I'm going to go ahead and put it out there and we're, I'm going to try to get, you know, the girls, the ladies, you know, to come ride. And then something came up on my part. So right. it's also a big commitment for a ride leader too. It's Yeah, it's um, crazy. And you know, and I think about everybody. I'm like, okay, should I do it like Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning? Right. Everybody wants to go to church on Sunday morning. So then do I do it Sunday afternoon? Oh, well, now that's kind of family time because everybody kind of unwinds. Right. Um, can't do it on a Friday because there's already something awesome happening on Friday nights. So when's that perfect time? Yeah, and that one's definitely and, not for the family. <laughs> but definitely not. If there's anybody out there that wants to help me figure this out, please. I have an idea. Sports management right here. Dale Boyd, sports management. What if management. we did the – this would be a good way to get women committed to it. Dale Boyd, sports management. <laughs> Coming live. No, no I'm, just, I'm just making like a movie trailer. Yeah. So, no, what if we did how we've, we've spoke about doing the Samba time trial stuff that we yeah. talked about. Dale but we have a women's division as well as men's. That way that you could be like, hey – there's a women's side like let's go do that then you get to know the girls that are like it's not a specific women's ride i think sometimes i've had i mean i've had women tell me that they're like i'd just rather come ride with you guys like it's just it's easier i know who's gonna be there you guys are funny and it's fun but that way you get to know them in that environment then it's like okay hey let's go ride and then that becomes a thing after we've kind of facilitated it together with 
not so much of a group ride, but like, hey, come ride and hang out, and then this is what. Well, happens. we have the, the, it's the, just the more boy, of a community thing. But dudes have a role to not be creepy. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I mean, there's a little bit. It's like, I mean. If I walk up on a group of girls and and I'm like, hey, can I ride with y'all? I know in the back of my mind they're like, this dude's a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> right? And rightfully so. Chances are I am. But maybe not. I'm not gonna get lost in the woods with you for the maybe. See what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's so that's the downside of mountain biking when we look at it, is maybe this. So that, and, tra- and that's kind of an issue that we have with the group rides on Tuesdays and Thursdays, is there's not a there's typically not a female that joins that group. So if another female did come and want to ride, now she's just seeing a bunch of weird dudes and inside fart jokes and locker room jokes. Right. (laughs) And so then that's kind of a turnoff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know there's women out there that ride. Um, there's quite a few. Yeah. And I've yet to, to connect with like this, these, these women that, have kind of come on the scene the last few years because I stay so busy with the dirt sharks or you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's so. figure, let, let's just do this then. Let's just make a public statement here. We've already tried to build community, but let's just say that we can use this as some of a hub, and we're going to use it as a hub so you can reach out to us and then we'll connect you if you if you didn't pick up on the Instagram already. But why don't we challenge that and create that scenario to do something? Absolutely. That would be super Seriously. cool. Seriously. Yeah. Super interested to see how many women listen to our podcast. Oh, no. I've seen it. It's 0.8%. <laughs> <laughs> 08 You are the 0.8%. <laughs> no. So really, so really, this conversation doesn't mean shit. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, it's a nice mix. We, we've even got a couple of foreign listeners. Canada is not foreign. Canada is another country. It is. It's still not foreign. <laughs> so either way, you have to have a. Uh, You're my from thing South is, Canada. Yeah, South Canada. That is true. I am not. We're Nebraska. South Canadian. I'm like two states before Canada. You got the Dakotas, right? Mm-hmm. The Dakotas are gorgeous. I should have ridden. I rode out there. I rode. I rode down. Oh, I went to Wyoming and rode. There's an amazing trail system in North Dakota that I want to go to. There's like a one month window you can go and not be in the tundra. Yeah. And the other thing you do is you do travel to ride a lot. I do. Yeah. You and your wife yeah. go together? Um, sometimes. Yeah. But I, I, I solo. Yeah. Or I go with my buddy Dwayne or I used to go with Paul a lot. Um, but Paul's all hikey pants now with yeah. video cam- making all these kick-ass trail videos. Yeah. Um. But with you know Dwayne and Paul and a couple other people, um, we saw get together like at least once a month and go somewhere and ride. I think it's important to leave your home area to go ride. Yeah, you should take that advice soon. I do leave. Because I leave more than anybody. He just doesn't have Strava, so you don't know. Yeah, nobody knows where I'm riding. That's I'm, not fair I'm because the, you just made me look like an idiot. No, I did. <laughs> He's like nobody the, knows. Nobody knows because I don't post anything on Strava. It's I like, po- every once in a while I'll post a South one to let let people be like, "Oh, look, he doesn't ride much," and then I'm like, "Let's go." But he has Strava, so he's it. like my brother. When I, my brother has Facebook but never posts anything, I'm like, "Dude, you're like the guy that just looks in everybody's windows." But I'm a never stalker on the or door. a creepy troll. Yeah, I'm a troll. I don't know. Peeping Tom. <laughs> I'm peep peepy Tom. Peeping peeping Tom. Yeah. Peepy Tom. But going out and and for especially for you guys. Getting out there and seeing other trails, it would only help. Oh, now for us, help. it's now our building. Yeah, it would only help build with your building. Oh, it's huge. No, because no, no, it's massive. you guys just don't know 
the different kinds of trails that are out there. Right. And I'm not saying I've ridden everything. I've obviously I have not been up to you know BC to ride yet. But I mean I've been I was actually counting the other day, and I know I've been to twelve different states and ridden, and right. I've ridden everything in Alabama. I mean, I honestly can say I've ridden everything in Alabama. Yeah, because you've ridden the road. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless there There's is a, a piece of property, private property that I don't know about or whatever. Right. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that I've ridden everything in Alabama. Yeah. And a whole lot in Mississippi, a whole lot in... You make it thunder. In um, the Panhandle in Florida. Yeah. So um, the different types of trails is is amazing no like, it's it's, I, like it's super important. a whole you know like really really rooty but like different kinds of of roots right is is a whole thing too right um, just from I, what the the stuff that i've written obviously i've been riding along you know not a lot of places months. yeah to boy it's sports <laughs> management <laughs> so one of the the few things that i've noticed is like what we're doing with the reb is everything that is really hilly has rocks or everything's really flat has sand. Well, it's really hilly and all we have is sand. So right. it's like different. You know, when we go look at places like, wow, we're going to have to build a lot more wood stuff mm-hmm. than what other places have because they have rocks they can pile up and make jumps out of or whatever. Or clay. or So it's it's challenging, but the challenge is fun because we have to be a lot more creative. Dothan was... A, if I'm, Dothan's kind of flat, though. It it's is not as hilly as the Reb, I don't think. No. Um, but Dragon's you have, tail's you have, six, yeah, you you have 65 acres at the Rev, right? And yeah. I think there's, I don't know, 600 acres yeah, at Dothan. So, so you spread it out. But sand was a big issue there. Yeah. And I remember who you guys said thought about mixing the concrete with the sand to make it a little bit Jake harder. Um, that was something that that was kind of started to discover about that time was how to put that concrete in with sand Toby gave us some recipe for to make dirt glue yeah he gave us a, like he's yeah. like mix this and this with some vinegar and some hot yeah. sauce or something and he, and, lose all and, I said was I made bongs with less yeah. <laughs> um you know trail building yeah. is, is another one of those things that have has grown and improved over the 10 years I kind we of were just here. talking about this too what's interesting we were just talking about the fact that like we're I think trail builders are weirdos because, like, Dale and I, I can say this collectively, we just had this conversation. We will go sit together in the woods and chop things and rake things and just sit there and talk for three, four hours. Like we're getting a perm done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just done. like this long process of, of sitting in the sauna, whatever you want to call But, like, we just sit there and do this whole thing. And then we're like, yeah, let's go uh, ride our bikes now. But it's not – I think I think people who have the desire to, to, to build trails and then do trail maintenance are, are – interesting weirdos because I, I a lot of people don't seem to care the, tra- the trails just show up they ride them you know like like not maybe your kids but like kids they don't really think about that stuff right. i mean they, somebody else did it you know what i mean so i'm with you if the trail stuff has changed there's more people interested because there was nobody building trails back when i rode probably well, everybody was building trails because but like defined a trail builder that's right 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 like you guys are just raking and riding yeah you know there's not a whole lot of science going into what hell you no. guys are really doing and that's not i'm not like digging at you no, guys no, or anything it. but the real 
the trail bil- builders, they like the science. dude. Yeah, there's like a lot Steve of science. That I talk to. Yeah, like um, that goes into exactly how. He chews on the rocks before he decides yeah, what. How does he, it? How does a downhill work? Like, oh, absolutely. Like switchbacks. Um, at Blakely, they're horrible because of the horses. Um, right. They like to go straight down a fall line, right? Um, instead of trying to make a nice, wide switchback, right. which it takes longer to make, but it's it's just but it's better also, because it's going to be sustainable through right. m- many years instead of just something that goes straight down. But we've also seen a shift in like hand built trails to flow trails. Oh yeah, and there, and there's a big difference between a flow trail with a capital F and just a flow trail, right? So like, yeah, like when you... I was talking to Preston York, he said that like the old trails were built where it was easy to walk, and so that was the easy way to build the trail. Right now, the trails are built where it's super hard to walk, and you have to bring in stuff to make them mm-hmm. rideable. So like, like that's the goal now. Rabbits and deer, like if you think about how they just walk across, right? Yeah, that's what old trails right. used to follow. Yeah, oh yeah. And now there's like the whole science, so. Oh, there's a whole degree in it somewhere. I can't remember. I looked it up. I was curious. There's like a whole trail science degree. In fact, I think USA actually has some of that. It's in a geology side of things, but they have a small thing to do those kind of studies. I'd done a bunch of research before, like for the rep, because I told everybody, I'm not kidding when I say I want to make it public one day. So someone's got to come in and fix all the ups that we've done. After which it's eroded. Yeah. All the trails that we've built so far when they're eroded out. Yeah. By the time it's public. They're going to be gullies. Yeah. It's going to be a series of Those are going to be the exit trails. <laughs> How you exactly. walk out. I used to I used to hate it when people would cut a corner and start like a, a new part of a trail. I used to hate that so bad. But as I've learned, those are so good. Yeah. To, yeah. Because that corner is probably starting to get really rooty, washed out, and just put some branches over, well, cut the, the tree to the inside instead of the outside. Right. And... So like Go on. people hate change in general, whether it's on a trail or whether it's in life. But like what we've noticed is people really have enjoyed the turnaround Tuesdays at South because it makes it yeah. a different tra- trail. Like right. you've been riding South so long that you know where every route is, but now you throw it and turn around. It's like, wow, maybe Except for the dudes that keep chopping them out. Well, yeah, that too. But, but maybe like that is how you keep the, without adding new trails, like keep the spice alive. And we actually, the soft member and I talked about, like, maybe we add days to the turnaround days, but in the future. A lot of places are like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. But it also, south would help with some of the erosion problems that are there um, just because the trail gets beat up over there. So, like, if you're going different directions, it's not always in the same path. But those are super multi-use. Luckily, no horses. It's it's really a gateway trail. I mean, everybody goes out there. It's a great point. Yeah, because it's easy. Right. Well, I mean, it could be hard if you're going 13 plus mile an hour, but for the, I mean, anybody could ride there. So it's a great place. Like, you can't say, oh, I just bought a bike. I'm going to go to Chicka Sabug and learn how to ride it. Or Blakely. I hear people do that all the time. Like, oh, you're going to go to Blakely and ride for your first ride, huh? Well, Have fun. Yeah. You have a drop post? Yeah. No? <laughs> all right. See you at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, Blakely is not for the beginner. You're going you're gonna to go yeah. down Green Street? Go for yeah. it. You go send Green yeah. Street. Have fun with that. Yeah. Like, I don't. So I always recommend South because it's a great place yeah. for people to learn how to ride their bike right. and, and to not be stuck in the woods for hours and hours. Right. Minus the gunshots on Fridays. Well, that's Fridays, though. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Consistently. Yeah, every, South? Everywhere we oh, go. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere we go. Yeah, that's true. 
They follow but, us. I mean, in South, I've just gotten so used to that it doesn't bother me. Like, I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. But if I hear a gunshot at Blakely, it's like... <laughs> oh, that's bad. Blakely. If I don't want, you know, you're if like, I don't want it at Blakely, I'm looking for a ghost of the yeah. Civil War. <laughs> we hear them at the Red, but they're... they're it is what it is. I mean, it's part of the culture we live in down here. Is like a lot of gun culture stuff. One of my so. favorite trails used to be Bethel because it was so quiet. Because yeah. it's the so hunters, far out there. Scare me. And, but um, certain times of year, yeah. This freaks me out. But it's not so quiet for some reason anymore. I don't know. It just it has a really weird energy. I think there's a lot of camping and stuff that go on, that goes on and people are hiding in the woods I feel like but they're really uh, not you know, that's weird no 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 <laughs> but that's interesting no one's ever said that I'm not I'm not being silly right now like quite literally it's not the couch side it's the other side mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm being watched when I'm over there riding I've ridden it a few times by uh-huh. myself and it's like I just don't I started I mean I think I just like I just paranoid because there there was no Sasquatch several several years ago there was kind of this whole thing and there was you know some people staying out there and crazy shit going on yeah and but it's all kind of been cleaned up and we're not seeing that out there anymore i'm not hearing about it right but i've embraced those guys out of the rib and i just ride with my pants on too just well, like they you know they do. yeah <laughs> they don't wear pants i don't wear pants <laughs> no one wears pants <laughs> yeah pantsless riding yeah we just i saw do. that naked ride and i thought about it i was like I don't know if I could do it. Like, you're going to do a naked ride, I get it, to support cyclers on the street. I was like, but we're in the woods. Hey, ride naked. Your bike needs pleasure, too. There you go. That's a good one. <laughs> I just don't even know what to say to you If guys we don't sometimes. tee it up sometimes, like, you know. We got a, I got an audience. We have metrics we must hit, which is we have not had a, we have not insulted your wife at all this show. I know. Casey, <laughs> get away scot-free. She's not going to get away scot-free. She's actually tied up on the bed right now. Okay. To this. All right. Not for any sexual reason, because she doesn't actually touch Where me. Are the there kids? it is. <laughs> and Casey, I did not tee him up, but I did. I apologize in advance. I still love you. You're a wonderful human being. Thank you very much. Dale exactly. Boyd, sports management. <laughs> it's like the worldwide. What is that from? Uh, Step Brothers? Yeah. That's my new thing for you. I'm good with it. <laughs> okay. I could imagine being out in the in the woods riding your bike naked. Like that would just be. That's what I'm saying. Then just not even. Like the day you decide to go OTB. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Todd Hall. Todd Hall had a wreck recently, and his he had so much dirt packed into weird spots, and all he did was just fall over. I mean, it was nasty, but but there was so much dirt, and I was like, where'd that even come from? How did, he was like, there was dirt stuffed inside the bottom of his bike. Well, think about it. You go to the beach with like. Just shorts on. You get back yeah. to the house. You're like, how did this sand get right. in these spots that I wasn't even moving? I was just sitting it's there. In there. Right. Yeah. It's like it crawls on its own. I don't know. That's weird. It is weird. It's magnet sand. It's like, man, nobody's touched me there for a while. How no, I hello. Nope. On my knees. I mean. <laughs> just talking about your knees. Okay. So, last question. We'll wrap it up with this. What do you think is the greatest trail to ride in the state of Alabama since you've ridden them all. And it cannot be the Rebellion because none of these people can ride it. Minus the people that can actually ride it. Cahaba. Cahaba? Yep. The whole system or just the trail? The whole system. The whole system. Well, I mean, it's its own system. It's its yeah. own thing. Um, but it is, it's just And where is awesome. that? Where is that? Birmingham? It's, um, yes, near Tannehill. It's like 20, okay. mil- 20 minutes from Tannehill or so. All right. Um, it's all... Machine built, okay. so it's fairly new trail, but lots of flow with a, with a small F, right? Um, and 
there's just something for everyone. Like there's climbing and there's jumps and there's rocks and um, there's a, a river, obviously. Oh, awesome. It's so pretty and right. so quiet and there's views. And, and they give you free beer because of Cahaba Brewery? Um, I didn't find any when I was there. Oh, that's a shame. So, yeah. You weren't riding naked. That's why. I, I guess so. <laughs> you riding naked. And I, I was, I, again, I was solo. So to me right now, Cahaba is, is I'm going to say, my favorite. Um, we should take a trip up to Cahaba. We should. There's so many. We should take trips so many places. I know, but yeah. I'm saying let's, let, we should I just also, pick one and go after also, it. I'm just going to buy a short bus and just be like, hey, the short bus leaves at. Oh, my God. The sweet awesome. potato yeah. mobile? Yeah. Oh, my God. We hand everybody a sweet potato when they get on in a diaper. Shut up. We'll stop when we stop. Okay. <laughs> Dale Boyd. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, I, I would said just that be straight. like Chris Farley on Billy Madison. Yeah, there you the go. School bus driver. That yeah. Veronica Vaughn. All right. We had you to go off the rails. You guys in your damn... My movie career is over. Yeah. Um... And chocolate is another one of my favorites. Chewy's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Chewy's, Chewy's amazing. amazing. I've ridden Chewy I a lot. There once. Yeah. Dale had a rough time there. Last I, time we wrote it. I had to go swimming. Yeah. Or die. Yeah. Should we swimming give away... Do we have some stuff to die? give away? Yeah, we do. We need to. Let's give away some... Whatever you're giving away, I get it. Hand up stuff? You already gave it to us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Courtesy of you. Some hand up stuff? Yeah, we need to... What do we have to give away in there? Hey, they need to give us a... Yeah, we got some hand up stuff. But they need to give us a, a way to get a kid on a bike. Like, what's a good way to oh, get love a kid it. on a bike? Or a girl. Or a girl. Or a girl, okay. yes. Yeah, you know, hashtag more kids on bikes. Hashtag do you want, do you want that more? Let's pick one. We got to focus the show. Kid on a bike, girl on a bike, female, woman, identifies as, on a bike. Ooh, that one's this is awesome. No. I this, can't decide. This pressure. All right. <laughs> How about just a person? How about you flip this? What's the best yeah. way to get a person on a bike? Yeah. How are you going to get somebody on a bike? Yeah. You How guys, are you, gonna... you got to, you got too safe there. We should have been gender and been just flamed people. Got everybody angry. No. A good PR. No, no. Negative PR is the best. <laughs> Let's go, kids. Okay, because kids on the bike. Ki- you know, kid. They no matter how you look at it, they are our future. Okay, they're, they're going to be doing what we're doing. So we're so. giving away a hands up package of something. I don't know what all's in there anymore. Stickers and whatever. Blah, blah, blah. No shirts though. No shirts. Dale's cut out way too many tiny final letters for me. They're great. Uh, we're going to give away that, but you have to review and somewhere insert a comment. We like that. Because we always share the podcast. Because it'll help everybody if you review this. And in the review, you put hashtag kids on bikes. You so go. you've got you to gotta say you love the show or hate the show. But I wish I could help get more kids on bikes. And you have to give us a way. We want a yeah. way in which we can help get kids, the best more kids on way, bikes. Whoever comes up with the best way to get kids on bikes. And the three can. of us will judge it. We'll, yeah. and Carrie will be involved. So the three of us will judge it. And then we'll, we'll give away a prize pack. And I you can comment, good. review, do yeah. something. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Tons of ways you can reach us. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to wrap it out with that. You can find us on all the social platforms. Is that, do we cover everything? You feel good? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like calm and at ease? Yeah. Okay, good. We were secretly blowing in just lots of, bug left us a little bit of weed. It's just been filling the room (laughs) slowly. (laughs) Filtering it slowly. Filtering in. Um, You can find us on all the- Bug doesn't smoke weed. No, I'm sorry. That was not, that was a false statement. False statement, Jamie. Uh, you can find us on all the social media platforms at Ride the Rebellion. 
Uh, you can also get great merch, which we would love to help. We take some of the money from certain shirts, the trail shirts, and we dump it to help our trails, which don't help you, but it makes for great content one day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what the answer is, but you could help us. So if you like it, we had someone, uh, a gentleman out of California. I think his name was Simon. I think that's his name. I probably just screwed that Sorry, up, but I'll Simon. get it right. And I'll give you a real shout out. And Kyle Butcher, who's in Pennsylvania. They bought from Ride the Rebellion and they're shamelessly peddling it up there. And also, you can check out. Is there anywhere for people to go to look at Dirt Sharks and Nika and support? Yes, and do Facebook Golf Coast Composite. Got it. Facebook Golf Coast Composite. Yep. Um, I think it's the same on Instagram. And on Instagram. Yep. Great. And then the websites, um, Nika. Is it dot org though? We got to be careful because it's also like it's, natal. It is, yeah, it is. It's like dot a, it's org. like a children's and uh, baby um, problem thing. AlabamaMTV.org. There you go. AlabamaMTV.org yep. will yep, help you. Yep. Gulf Coast Composite on Facebook and social and uh, Instagrams. Yep. And we think Nika.org, but we're not 100 yeah. percent there yet. Are you 100 percent on that one? What was it? Nika.org. Oh, it is. It is. Okay, there it is. Yeah. Actually, that's a lie. It's national. National. Oh, yep. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. Are we need to do a second take? No, I no second take. <laughs> and that'll do the show. Is there anything you'd like to close out with? I love you, Drew. Oh, love you too. You I would like to say thanks, you guys, for giving me this opportunity. And You're welcome. It was pretty fun. All right. Well, and we will let you know about your job interview. <laughs> uh, I'm Drew Hall, and with me, as always, is Dale Boyd, the king of the South Alabama turndown, and Which Carrie. is not really a sa- turndown. <laughs> it's close enough. Turn down for what? Close enough. <laughs>